Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Here is the kickoff, and it is coming down to Smallwood. Outside the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Smallwood down the left sideline. He is going to go! Wendell Smallwood! His second NFL touchdown, his first on a kickoff return. Well, that's, that's what they needed. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is another BGN Radio Daily right here on the Facebook Live and also on your podcast feeds, whether that is on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or uh, even TuneIn now. The five-star ratings do go a very long way, and we were trying to come up and drum up some things. It was like, well, what can we talk about on Friday after we did our big show last night? And, you know, we're, we're just rolling around and saying, like, hey, uh, you know, maybe we can get a little more into the Ezekiel Alley thing. Maybe we can do some of these things. And then out of uh, seemingly nowhere, after <laughs> after there were some suspensions that were coming down, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Matthews is gone. Ronald Darby, your new number one starting corner. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, I am joined by Mr. Ben Natan, and of course, the wonderful, uh, the dashing, and uh, no pun intended, the daring, Matt Daring. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, long time. Long time no see. Uh, the PhD is coming along well. Ben, what's going on with you, buddy? How are you? I am doing well, uh, enjoying this summer, and the the great news today, and I like and that's that's really what I want to try to push during this show is that like this is very good news, and I. And I don't think you're going to find a bigger Jordan Matthews truther than me. Um, I would challenge you to find someone who's a bigger Jordan Matthews truther than me. And I'm super happy about this trade. Yeah, no kidding. Like, we would have fights in the text thread uh, um, many a times on what what is and what is not Jordan Matthews. And let's just break down the deal real quick, guys. So uh, Jordan Matthews uh, goes bye-bye to Buffalo, uh, including a third-round pick that is coming along with him. And uh, they get Ronald Harvey, which is which is uh, still like mind blowing to me. I was just like, I know that yes, he had his struggles a little bit in his sophomore year uh, last year uh, as a rookie. You know, he really stood out and and became uh, uh, an eye opener to a lot of people. Uh, and you know, there's there the same things I think from college and at FSU still kind of stick with him a little bit. Sure, he can freelance a little uh, a little too much. And, uh, you know, but he's very aggressive. That's that's what I really like about him. Plus, 
when he does make mistakes, unlike Jalen Mills or unlike Patrick Robinson or some of the other corners that they, we've had to had to deal with over the past you know seven years or so, he's got amazing closing speed. I think that four three eight really shows up in games on tape, however you want to phrase that. But uh, and and not to mention that he's faced uh, some of the uh, tougher guys in the NFC East in 2015. But Matt, yeah, what's what's been your overall reaction? Just kind of digesting this for the last uh, hour or so here. Uh, before I jump into how much I was totally out on Jordan Matthews, was Ronald Darby the one who got arrested? Uh, I, I, let me, yeah, let me, let me double check on that. That's, uh, that's something. I think that was the other one, wasn't it? Uh, PJ Williams got arrested. PJ Williams, Williams got yes, arrested. Yes, yes, yeah, there we go. He, he hit someone head on and then fled the scene and then came back later and claimed he'd gone home to get drunk before coming back. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think that was that was PJ Williams. Yeah. Okay. Very right. very yeah, much so in good. the in Florida State form though, which is which is great. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a what they call that a Tallahassee Tuesday. I think. <laughs> Nothing ever bad happens in Tallahassee. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's right. But um, yeah. Uh, I I don't know anything about Ronald Darby. I'm sure he's good. I don't know. Eh. Uh, the thing about, I just was, I've been so done with Jordan Matthews, man. He's like, he's like this manufactured personality, right? Like he is this guy who he's just, uh, it's very frustrating, right? Cause you see it, right? He's sometimes he's fast and, and he's big, he's got that size. And, and sometimes you're just like, wow. Well, most of the time you're just like, man, this guy's really struggling. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote about this a little bit on Twitter, but the you just watch him and you're like, he doesn't make anything look easy, right? And I think people really respond to that, and I th- I hate that. He's just like, Mr. Like, I'm catching the ball! <laughs> like, that's, that's like been his whole thing. And and you, you mix in the like, you know, Mr. Jugs machine, oh, I catch a tennis ball, isn't that wild? And the, um, the running to the end zone thing, which I think I was tired of the third week he was here. You know, people are like, this is why I'd love to see love to see this kid. And then, mm-hmm. three, you know, smash cut to three weeks later, like, there he, there he goes again. <laughs> <laughs> and I just you just got to wonder. We've and we've seen it. We've seen it on the field, too, like uh, just getting chased down in ways that you didn't really think he should have. Obviously, I think everybody's gotten their back of their head. The, the concentration issues he's had, you know, getting your feet down. It wasn't the first time he'd done it and and all that stuff. But um, it. it I don't know. People seem to like him, but I just found him to be this very sort of frustrating player that at some point he was just he'd crossed that line of potential and he was just into, well, here he is. Do you like him? He's bad Brandon Marshall. And mm-hmm. I say, good luck to you, bad Brandon Marshall. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. I think, you know, when you when you uh, hear Jordan Matthews speak or if you're lucky enough to talk to him or anything like it's it's really is encapsulating like that's that's part of the allure, I think, of how it is and uh, being a hard worker and just, you know, you can it's it's. Just like everybody, including Carson Wentz and the rest of his teammates, they know that he's a really good guy, and it's and that and that's fantastic, and and you want more of those guys in the league. But unfortunately, just like Matt's saying, and I I'm think, always weirded out by that. Whenever yeah. they all do it, do you think <laughs> do you think they're all standing together and going, "Hey, what are you going to say about it? Oh, I'm going to say he was cool. What about you? I guess I was going to say he was cool. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll just say he was nice. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say he's a life changing he mentor. Like, solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody kind of spreads it out all at once, but yeah, I mean that's I, I, Ben. I know that I, I, honestly. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do in Buffalo. I, I really don't. I mean, just like what? What? It, there's like 90 slot receivers now with Zay Jones, and they signed Bolden, and they have Jordan Matthews there now. I mean, obviously they're they're looking towards the future in this thing, and they're trying to collect picks and and do a bunch of different things. Why is it? Do you think? I mean, obviously, sure, scheme fit has been tossed around a long time, or. or pretty much all afternoon here as far as like why they traded 
Darby and the what are they? I think they drafted who was a trade? Davis White, I think, is up there now too. So uh, I, I don't know why. Why do you think Buffalo was okay with with letting go of Darby here, Ben? It really doesn't make a lot of sense, especially when you consider they also traded Sammy Watkins. Uh, if their <laughs> plan is, you know, we need to we need to get a lot of picks together in order to build for the post Brady era because we want to take over the AFC East. It's like okay, well that kind of makes sense. But you're already you're also trading your two best players who are under 25 years old. Yeah, like that's it, it, it's it doesn't it's completely nonsensical when you have a guy like Tyrod Taylor and you're you're paying him you know you're paying him franchise quarterback money, um, and if they really want to hit the reset button, like they should trade Tyrod too because well, like can't. you said, they I was just about to say that they can't. Their wide receiver, they can't. Their the cap hits too much, isn't it? Um, I think they. I mean, they have like the pay-as-you-go thing with Tyrod. I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't know how it's structured. If there's a trade, but like a team like Denver, or some like I. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's. It just feels like they're trying to hit. Like they're trying to start over with that team. And if that's what they want to do, it's like don't waste your quarterback. Like roll with Nathan Peterman or whoever they drafted. <laughs> um, but yeah, their wide receiver situation is really strange now. Like even if Zay Jones. Oh, that's right. They, they traded Cardale, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, like Cardell's on Jones. the Chargers, and um, it, it's it's really strange. And someone was talking about, you know, well, um, well, McDermott, he doesn't, you know, he wants more of a zone-oriented cornerback, and yada yada yada, and that's why they have White, and that's why they got Gaines, and everything like that. It's like when you have a guy who's twenty-three years old, and he's athletic as athletic as Darby is, like you're gonna try to just make it work. And I think that, you know, I give, you know, I think we all give Rex Ryan a ton of shit. Um, rightfully, because he's a terrible coach. But like, he did a really great job with Darby coming out of college because he was like, all right, here's this really great athlete. I'm just going to make him press and run. Like, he's really good at running. So I'm just going to, he's really fast. He's really aggressive. Just press at the line and run with him because that's what you're good at. And he was awesome his rookie year. Um, and then when they tried, like, when they tried throwing more complicated stuff at him, it got a little bit more difficult. So, like if you're gonna try to complicate it with guys who are so good at like the one thing, it like you kind of deserve to not get what they what they have <laughs> to offer, honestly. And that's ho- like that's on- also something I'm hoping that doesn't get lost here. Like I hope they don't try to throw too much at him here. Like I hope they just kind of take advantage of his physical gifts and realize that mm-hmm. he's actually like a fast corner who can like work in man coverage against top receivers. Um, instead of like you know having like cover well, they, two, it, cover you know it's funny about like, fun, what's funny about that Ben they don't really have time either they, they, you know no they can't, no not they, at all they can't throw that at them and I think they're as much as you know Jim Schwartz is trying to it, it's kind of weird to say because he was like well we we don't want to become one dimensional I think we were that a lot last year and then that's because you know Ron Brooks and a bunch of other different stuff and we didn't they didn't have good corners either so if, if but but I think you're right if they just kind of simplify this thing and what we were talking about last night with freaking Derek Barnett and these guys starting to show up and do a bunch of different things that are that are kind of rolling through here. If you just need a guy to cover him for an extra half a second, that's that's pretty much what Darby's here to do, you know? And that's, and that's all it is. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's all it is. Like, <laughs> and, and that's what I was trying to explain to people. Even even people freaking out about the cornerback situation pre-Darby, like my response to it was that Jalen Mills, Patrick Robinson, and Razul Douglas are a better trio than what the Eagles had at cornerback last year. Yeah. Even having a marginal improvement from what the Eagles had last year would just give the defense, the defensive line, that much more time to create a pass rush. Like that extra, you know, quarter of a second really matters in football. That extra half a second really matters in football. And then you add a guy like Darby, who's as good in man coverage as he is. I mean, that's 
I mean, the defense goes from like, okay, this could be like a middle-of-the-pack team with a good pass rush to like, this could be like a face-eating defense, and that's really exciting. Uh, and as uh, Matt, I want to get to you in just one second, but uh, coming into uh, studio and into camera frame, uh, as it's ah. going to be a very tight shot, it's uh, the wonderful, uh, the beautiful Mr. Vince Quinn. What's happening, Vince? How are you? I'll just use your mic, John. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, it's, it's good to be here, man. Uh, happy to hop in on this. Hey, crazy day with all this, and, and with the Darby stuff, yeah. like... Uh, I don't know if you just hit on this point because I'm just hopping in, but uh, the great thing about it is, like, this year you're covering the weakness, but you look at next year, too, and then when Sidney Jones pops into the picture and Darby's your two and Mills is your three or Darby's competing with yeah. uh, Rasul Douglas, like, it's such a good layout now. you got to feel really confident about this position. Yeah, absolutely. And, Matt, that's kind of like what a lot of people are alluding to into next season and what do you think this does for uh, for Jalen Mills I know that there are a lot of people that are suggesting okay you move him over to the slot I still really don't see him as a slot guy but uh, I I think it'd be great if he's going in and out with Razul Douglas or wherever the CB2 ends up being on on certain packages what do you think of uh, Jalen's future now uh god I don't know I hadn't really thought about it I guess um I guess my my sense would be that Razul would take Jalen's job that um, he would be the one to, or that he would he would be the other one. That it would be um, uh, Rasul and Darby, and then and then Mills playing. But I don't know. Maybe they want to put all three of them out there. Maybe they don't want to have anybody in the slot or no. something like that. But you know, I, I think Jalen Mills is a future with this team. I think at least as it stands right now, the coaches like him well enough, and I think he's shown that he can play. I think that people are worried that he doesn't play that well, but. I think that um, I think he's got a future with the team. I don't think there's anything any doubt about it. They clearly like his mental makeup. Uh, I do too. A lot of people don't. But the um, <laughs> the I think that with this, it's it really changes the game. Uh, I would I would suspect that the next thing that happens is that they say that uh, nothing's really changed because we're bringing Ronald up to speed and then see where the chips fall. Yeah, and, and Matt, I want to stick with you uh, again too because like the history of Eagles and Bills trades. Uh, favor significantly most of the time in the Eagles' favor, right? Like, I mean, like, and I know this is a completely new, a new front oh, yeah. office, and maybe they have a new direction, and maybe they finally found a spot where the magic beans have finally laid down here. But they, you know, they, the magic Brandon beans, yeah, they, right? Exactly. They've given uh, they've given the Eagles yeah. Jason Peters. Uh, they've taken Bryce Brown for a fourth round pick. They've uh, Bryce Brown. <laughs> Crazy. They, they've they've done a lot of different stuff here. Do you have is that confidence still like in your body that like oh it's Buffalo uh, whatever they do and give us give us down through I mean I guess they won the they won the Kiko uh, McCoy trade but I you know that that was with a, a different group of, uh, of folks here but most of the time yeah. it ends up working out for the Eagles. Nobody won the Kiko McCoy trade. Yeah, actually, nobody um, did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't real. I don't really think either of those teams ended up a whole lot better. The, um, uh, yeah, obviously, I think that if you talk to Bills fans, they'll be like, "Hey, man, we got Eric Wood for Jason Peters," but um, <laughs> you, I don't know, yeah. is he still there? Yeah. Uh, yeah anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> good. The um, who do I think won the trade? I don't know, man. I look at Sean McDermott and I see like an idiot, right? And I don't know. I guess I guess people think feel that way about. Uh, Doug too, because he really does look kind of stupid. But um, when I look at Sean McDermott, I just see him coming in and just I could easily see him being the kind of guy who's just like, I don't like Ronald. He doesn't uh, tie his shoes or, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. Like he's got saggy pants or, you know, God only knows. Like 
maybe something not that something that charged, but like just sort of having the way that he does things, and and he definitely seems like a his guys collector to me. Oh yeah, and absolutely, so, he does. Yeah, and that's that's what know, that's why I think the, when, the Jordan Matthews and getting there type of thing. Oh, yeah, that's that's my type of guy. <laughs> you know, it's very very yeah, much in that vein. Yeah, like oh, you know, uh, I was never in the Marines, and I don't know anybody who was, but we run things like the Marines, <laughs> or you know, like that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and and Ben, this is uh, I, I guess this is the other thing too, and uh, obviously Vince can jump in at any time that he wants, but uh, I think that. Um, the uh, the discussion now, and it's kind of funny how everybody kind of took a, a large leaps of, of judgments by one high dropped pass from Nelson Aguilar last night, and suddenly it's all trash, and, and it, it's all over. Everything that he did in practice and whatever, you can keep him, and everybody can, you know, oh, shut up, he's just still the same player or whatever. But when it, what ends up happening to the slot here? You, We all saw what Matt Collins could do in, in, the, in the simple flash last night. I still think that... Uh, there's going to be a lot of in and out with with Mac Hollins because I don't think that Tory Smith is going to stay on the field all the time here, and I do think that you know it's it's pretty much Nelson's job to lose in the slot now. Would you agree with that? I don't know. I would like to say that this is Mac Hollins' football team now. Uh-huh. Oh yes, um, I forgot. Yes, my I mean, my apologies. Hall of Famer Mac you know, Hollins. I forgot. The Green Bay yeah. Packers are certainly Mac Hollins' football team. I believe he now owns them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Because like I said last night, he smashed that motherfucker in the face, and that was yes, and awesome. He's uh, Kevin yeah. King's daddy now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that he legally has to call him. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think that I think Nelson has obviously done a lot in camp to impress people, and and everything that's been coming out has been positive. So that's something to certainly keep an eye on. But I mean, with Matt Collins, it's like totally the height weight speed thing and then he showed all of that last night and that gets everybody super excited about him so i think the first couple weeks of the season are going to be a testing period i think alshon is really the only wide receiver on the team that you really know where he's going to be um but as for like you know mac tory and nelson like those guys can kind of be switched around and see where they're comfortable and see where they're making the most impact but by the end of the season i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised to see you know hollands being and from from a wide receiver standpoint, being the second most targeted guy on the team. Wow. Um, well, here's the question, because, John, you've been at all the practices. Yeah. Where is Hollins lining up? Are they using him outside at all, or is it more in the slot? Where do you see him? I mean, he's he's mostly on the outside. I think that's his future in the NFL is on the outside. It's and Not to say that he can't play in. I mean, he definitely can. And I there there's a – listen, there's a major difference in skill sets as far as what Hollins and Jordan Matthews – yeah. First of all, it's called separation, and he can do that. Uh, I think he's a, obviously the hands are a lot better. I think the route running's a little cleaner. All of that stuff. Everything that Matt mentioned about you know the the I, I don't I guess we just have to call Jordan Matthews sloppy, right? I mean, it was just it was a lot of things that he bad. Did. Brandon Marshall. Yeah, Brad, Brad, come on. Brad, <laughs> Brandon Marshall is is a pretty good comp. I don't really see that in in Hollins's case. I think that the, again, you could create a ton of different mismatches. Through there, um, because of you know, I hate using the term sneaky speed, but he does. I mean, like he's quick. He's his acceleration. I think he's, is legitim- tough. he's legitimately fast. Didn't they yes. say they felt like he ran a lot faster than he did at the combine? Yes. That uh, almost all the guys they drafted this year were hurt at the combine. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes, indeed. And plus, Ben, didn't you also say today that I mean, again, just with the catch rate purposes, one out of every four passes was a touchdown in his college career. Was that right? 81, 81 catches in his college career, twenty touchdowns, Man, so about wow. one out of four. Yeah, pretty, if I can do math correctly. Pretty I'm good. An acting student though, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but Vince, this is where I keep coming back to here. As much as I try to, you know, on draft day, we're talking about Matt Collins and going like, "All right, I, I guess." And now all of a sudden, it's 
it's turned into like, well, yeah, he's probably going to he's going to be it went from contributor now to like major contributor just with this alone and I you know, I I think they are very confident in what they're doing here and maybe that's all it was. Maybe it was just like I just need them to stiff arm Kevin King and roll in for a touchdown down the sideline. Okay, we can get rid of Jordan Matthews now. Well, I, I, like how how he broke out his phone right after that play, <laughs> I, I, like I'm, I'm sure of it. So the the interesting thing about all of it is because you know Matthews getting traded. Like Matthews was an athlete that played wide receiver. Hollins isn't as much of an athlete, but he's a receiver playing the position. Mm-hmm. So he's more of a natural fit out there on the field. He's got the hands. It was surprising he was wearing gloves. That was that the first time you've seen him wear gloves. Oh Cause, yeah, yeah, because he so, always he always goes gloveless in in practice. So, so yeah, it was interesting that he made that switch too. But uh, I like his ability. His, he's he's got a good. He's not necessarily a deep guy as much as he's like a, a mid range plus. I see him getting the ball like 25, 30 yards down the field, but not fifty yards down the field. I think that's a pretty valuable skill. And based on where the Eagles are uh, and what kind of ability he can develop in the red zone, because he's six four, if he can get that going, and he'll certainly be seeing a lot of targets. Um, I don't know about second. Uh, I'm not with you there, Ben. But I mean, we'll fight it out at the end of the year, I guess. <laughs> I, but he's he's going to be a solid contributor, I think, to the team here. Yeah, for uh, for sure. And, and again, when I make a take, I go all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like, like it, it though. I mean, no who, who, takes. who will be second in targets if it isn't him? I mean, because I think that. You know, the easy answer might be Torrey Smith, or I guess it could be Ertz, but I could definitely see it does not would not surprise me at all to see uh, Mac Hollins be that guy. Yeah, it's especially like as the as the year kind of warms up and progresses, because again, it's you know, I mean, obviously everybody's going to talk about oh, chemistry, chemistry, chemistry again between him and and uh, Carson Wentz and how that kind of rolls. Rolls along. It's amazing how Jordan Matthews always had chemistry with everybody. <laughs> yes, exactly. Every every single person. Such a nice smile. It's like The Bachelor. They yeah. Have yeah. He wears the right kind of shoes, and you text. And... <laughs> Does the right <laughs> amount of push-ups. You know, AO one for life. Uh, the um, I I, oh, I, I I do think that there is now like a there is a debate on on exactly like the the four tight ends thing. Sure, I thought that was nonsense. This kind of changes that a little bit. Uh, do they do they keep five instead of six wide receivers? Do they take on an extra corner. Uh, Matt, I'm curious what what you think about you know what ha, how that's going to kind of pan out now. Um, like I, I saw people saying like, oh, Greg what? Ward, Greg Ward might be uh, a lot oh, for six. Okay. I saw I see, I see. you know all that kind of different stuff. Yeah. So then we have Marcus Johnson stuff like that. I feel like tight ends compete with linebackers a lot of times mm-hmm. for, for roster spots because they usually both play personal protector on special teams. Um, but you know, I guess you never can tell. Wouldn't surprise me if they kept four tight ends, uh, especially if they decide to go light on linebacker. And I think they did have every reason to think they would, cause I don't think any of these linebackers are all that good. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess Greg Ward's chances of making the team went way up. Woo-hoo! Still would sort of surprise me. Um, yeah. but I mean, that would be, that would definitely be without having been there. That would be a really interesting story. Cause I mean, he just changed and those, those change guys, you always talk about like, Oh, well, you know, he, he, does this and he takes a year and then he he goes to camp and then he climbs the Himalayas and he comes back and he's ready to be a receiver and you know talking about like Terrell Pryor who's like 28 and he just figured it out so if Greg Ward did do it that would be really surprising but um you know I guess you couldn't rule it out uh I think ultimately though it's got to come down to special teams and and who does what where absolutely See for me. By the I, way, Howie oh, did a huge disservice to Mac Hollins by calling him an excellent special teamer because everybody killed the pick after that because it would it went from a who to this is your defense and I, <laughs> the dude can play. Yeah, you really and, can. And uh, I think that Howie really should have led with like, "Hey, just watch." 
or something something like that other than like well first of all we i'm gm bitch yeah or something yeah. like that yeah that would have been a little more forceful there yeah yeah i would love to see that uh for the position groups i think i would go six wide receivers as much as i love the tight end group i think uh there was an article paul dama which had recently and he Broke down the number, like, you know, if you had three wide receivers, a tight end and a running back, five wide receivers, four wide receivers and a running back. He broke down all of those different uh, formations that you can possibly have and how many times Doug Peterson did it compared to Chip Kelly, compared to Andy Reid. And you saw three tight ends on the field for over 100 snaps last year, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. And the thing is, part of that is Burton's good. I like Selleck. Ertz is is a solid player. But... The other thing is, you also had Matt Tobin out there a good while. And From <laughs> University of Iowa. <laughs> oh, get the, get the plug in there. There's yeah. no Fordham Rams it's, in the it's, NFL. It's not a good plug. Let me just say, it's not a good plug for that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like you have Tobin out there. So that inflated the numbers a little bit. And Dylan Gordon, I think, takes that role. Yep. So if you're going to have Gordon on the team and you have three tight ends already, I don't see the reason to keep a fourth I would go wide receiver. Looking at the corners, I mean, it's all so bad. And those guys, they're just around because they've been here. There's familiarity, and yep. you're desperate to add on top of that. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't load up on the cornerback position. I would rather load up at wide receiver. Uh, there's a lot of question marks. You don't know. I mean, those Torrey Smith, Alshon, Aguilar, they could all be gone next year. Yep. And now that Matthews is already out of the picture, like – you have no idea what the future really is for that position as much as you want to, you know, wish in one hand and crap in the other. So, <laughs> like, I look at all this and say, hey, take six receivers. You have a lot of young talent there. It's a passing league, and, and that's where it's got to be. Yeah, and there's a, and I want to get back to, and we'll get into the, the Zeke stuff too, because I think that's, uh, it all kind of, it was a weird day uh, in the NFL in general, especially with the NFC East implications and, and just the subject in, in general needs to be addressed. But I, I think that uh, this actually, hot take, this makes Patrick Robinson actually make the team with Ronald Darby here because Oof. you can put him in the slot now behind uh, behind Brooks. They need an extra slot guy there. I think that would, is actually where he needs to be. He never needs to be on the outside again. And I'm, it's not saying that like, oh yeah, this is, suddenly he's uh, he becomes a viable uh, you know defensive helper or anything like that. But I think you need as much corner depth as possible. Uh, even if uh, it's uh, it's bad, like Patrick Robinson is is going in and out through here, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think this? Uh, the, how much does this change uh, the numbers for you, Ben? Any any kind of like uh, maybe may surprises at the uh, end of preseason here? No, I think you made a really good point. I think a lot of Patrick Robinson's best football came as a slot cornerback. So having uh, Darby and Mills or Darby and Douglas out on on the outside kind of maximizes what Robinson is able to do. And it really just allows you to get your best players on the field in ter- terms of cornerback. Um, and like for final roster things, I like, I think, yeah, I think the team still kind of goes heavy on, on tight ends. Cause they do like using the tight ends, like, like Vince said, and I could yeah. see the team to going with like, you know, five wide receivers, six wide receivers. I don't know. I think the most, like the challenging position for me is the running back situation because like, all of the running backs are bad in in different ways, so it's like how do they how do they parse that out? Because they are at least allowed to play for the first six games of the season. That's right. Yeah, that is <laughs> Hello. true. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, uh, as Dylan points out in the Facebook chat room, when's the last time a guy got traded and then they face each other in the preseason the very next week? 
When is that? When's the last time that happened that you're going to see like you know the former corner go up against the former wide receiver of of either teams? That's going to be uh, pretty interesting next week as the the Bills come into town, and I'm sure there will there will be a lot of questions asked to uh, to Jay Bent as uh, you know we didn't get a chance to talk to any uh, any members, and I'm sure tomorrow down at training camp it's going to be a little bit of of chaos, and I wonder how much uh, Ron Darby is actually going to. Uh, get in there and play right away or practice right away. So we'll have to keep an eye oh, yeah, on that. Oh, yeah, there's the well. answer to your question. Neither of them will play. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably very true, uh, other than a uh, than a couple of uh, couple maybe a couple of snaps for, for each of them here. But um I don't know, let's get into the Zeke thing, guys. Cause uh <laughs> I I uh the who who's ever running Cowboys HQ, Jesus Christ, like c- c- take control of some of your writers at some point in time. This is this this thing kind of just spirals out of control all the time when it when it comes down to this stuff in domestic violence and there's charges there's not charges and if you're not charged well I guess they didn't do it and I don't you know I don't understand why people are getting so upset I have no idea why the NFL who literally launched a year long investigation to find out what was going on and then a lot of the takes just ended up being well just sounds like the NFL took the woman's word and they don't have any evidence and shit like this like oh my god when people mention metadata of uh, photos of text it means they got deleted it means they weren't on somebody's phone it means that you know they were they were out in the open somebody ended up grabbing them and that's part of the investigation that's coming through here. So it's six games that they hand down to Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, obviously, he's going to fight that, and I think it's probably going to end up as uh, as four here. Uh, ben, you and I were big uh, Zeke fans uh, based on talent alone coming out here. Uh, every uh, Through every process since the draft, as it's been coming through here, it's making me happier and happier that the Eagles came nowhere close to this guy uh, based on a lot of this, this this stuff here, I mean, people are are starting to poo poo this like, oh, it's just he's just a little bit out of control. He's a young kid. He's doing this. He's doing that. Man, shut up with that stuff. Like this guy's a this guy's a mess right now. Yeah, it it's like I get that. Like you know, twenty two, twenty three year olds do stupid things, but it's just like the con- like like as a fan, it must be so exhausting to like constantly log on and be like. I need to defend this guy today because he groped some chick at a parade. Like yeah. I need to defend this guy because he probably knocked out a DJ at a bar. It's like, like just like realize that the dude's probably an asshole, and then like move on with your life. Like yeah. there's no re- there's no reason for you to like come to some conclusion. It's like why this is actually a good thing. And I think what I mean, I think you know the suspension. I mean, fair or not, and people are going to debate about that constantly. It's just like a culmination of the dude constantly being a headache for the league. Like the league, as much as the league wants its superstars to be on the field, the league doesn't want its superstars constantly being in the headlines for negative reasons. So to me, this is just Roger Goodell saying to Zeke, like, you need to clean your 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 shit up, or like you're not going to play anymore. Um, and like to be honest, that's what that's what he needs. Like you can't yeah. just keep on allowing a guy to be on a football field. Um, without repercussions when he's constantly making these really terrible decisions, like regardless of any kind of police involvement. And that's the other thing too, um, is that I see with a lot of Cowboys writers and obviously the, you know, every team's like fan base and writer base tends to get into this trouble whenever they are confronted with it to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. but like, there's a tendency to like automatically be like, oh, well, she's a liar and like you don't actually know. And like, <laughs> like it's, it's this astounding. is just like yeah. I saw some I saw some like people who like say that like they cover the NFL for a living be like this is going to be 
like this is opening the door for for like money grabbing women everywhere to start accusing football players of abuse like like i want to stop you right there because like you need to realize how much scrutiny and criticism and backlash the survivors of abuse face when they decide to come forward against their uh, abuser even when they're not a famous person yeah. now to come up to come out against someone who is like a superstar for the biggest football team in the in the league like like that takes a massive like that the backlash from that is massive and we're seeing that like like it gets played out in the way in the rhetoric that that just happens around these things so for people like oh now like a ton of people are going to fake this stuff. It's like, this is not something to be fake. This is like, those instances are incredibly rare and they shouldn't color our opinions of like the rest of the cases that, that happen. And it's so dangerous and it's so childish and it's so problematic that this continues to to play itself out the same way. And we saw the same thing with cowboy fans and, um, you know, the whole Greg Hardy. It's almost like like a replay of that all over again you know and it's just kind of yeah, like well, what, what and, at what and, point do you just yeah. go oh maybe 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 my team doesn't give a shit about the guy's backgrounds you know it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah i think yeah. i just have to accept this at this point you know and you're either oh. in or out of that point but matt i know you have uh, obviously you have a ton of strong feelings about this because this this was kind of the culmination that you've been I, and i think we we had even argued about for a long time uh with with zeke and, and this whole thing here man what do you what's uh, what are your thoughts on this <clears throat> well, I don't think that this was a secret. Um, yeah. Not the details of this, but I don't think that um, I don't think that everybody just came out of the blue and they're just like, "Oh my God!" One day he like started acting this way, and we should get him checked <laughs> for a brain tumor. Yeah, like yeah. I think this guy he has like a long, long history of bad behavior. I think Urban Myers alluded to that, and he would know. And there are like a lot of other people who have also alluded to this. His behavior at Ohio State, where he was absolved, of course, by the the crack detectives there at the Columbus Police Department. But the um, the as it goes on, you know, people don't talk about there was a the, she fought the same woman. She filed a second police report um, before the Columbus one. Now, if you uh, if you're dating somebody and she goes to the police in Florida and says that you beat her up and you didn't, didn't you think he would break up with her? Yeah. So I, I just think and, and OK. Yeah. All right. I'm not doing this. That guy <laughs> came in for an interview with the Eagles. They did not like him. And I think that a lot of people have a good perspective on this. People who have met him. If you've never met him, I would think that you would be crazy to say there's no way he did this. Not the guy I watch on TV. The the biggest thing to me about this is that Zeke Elliott would not stop his car if he ran you over. And so you should <laughs> just get out of there. Just stop it. It's embarrassing. Um, as far as the as far as the rest of this stuff goes, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I get I get really heated about this, but but I, the last thing I'll say is that um, uh, to Ben's point about how she's money grubbing or something like that. If she really wanted money, she probably would have taken money because I bet he offered her money. Oh, or something. Yeah, abs- absolutely. So and we we've he's seen not going to be like, oh, okay, now that you've told everybody, I'll give you more money. That's not yeah. that's not how it works. And we've pretty much you already know? already seen that this this week here too, Vince. So it's just kind of like, you know, I I don't I don't know what it, I don't know what else people need. It's it's code of conduct. People get into the situation where it's like, oh, there's no legal trouble. It literally states in the NFLPA and the NFL handbook that, hey, even if you're not convicted of a crime, we still have the right of code of conduct of this league to kind of do whatever we want. And that's pretty much true of any employer in any business. Well, yeah, and and it's a slippery slope. But the first thing I got to say before we get into it, because I 
it's going to be a fun ride here in a couple of minutes. Um, oh, oh boy. The, the one thing is, I think it's hilarious because Ben, you mentioned it, and Matt, you mentioned it. Like, There's so many people who say, well, now all of these different women are going to go and victimize these players, like as if there's some blog of like how to take advantage of athletes. And it's just all these women who are money-grubbing all the time. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't get where that comes from. I think it's very strange, but it, it keeps popping up again and again. Uh, so the, so the, the problem here is that you've got a commissioner who's actively trying to remove the league of its star talent and just talent in general. Because the thing is, if you're going to do it with domestic abuse, you have to do it with everything. You can't just choose one one thing because of public outrage. It's disingenuous. And so if you're going to police, then you got to police everything. And I think that's a bad problem to get into because now, like, the mandate for Ray Rice eventually was established as six games. So every time you have domestic violence, it's going to be six games. The thing is, some cases are going to be worse. I mean, if you batter someone within the inch of their life, then that's far worse than maybe hitting someone one single time, as bad as that act is. And so then you've got to deal with DUIs and regular assault cases and everything else. You can't just pick one thing and say, we're going to legislate the crap out of this. I don't think they do, though, right? I think for the most part, they really... When have they ever launched a private investigation for a full year over anything. Well, that's what I'm saying, though, because it's more than PEDs, just... PEDs, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. Um, drugs but, of abuse, you know, they, all these different things. They've, and they've on top of that, I think this is like a case where it's not... The uh, the act itself, which is horrible, uh, it, it sounds to me like a bunch of Dallas representatives, including Ezekiel and people in his camp, tried to hide all this shit. You know, I, I think that's a big part well, of this, too, you know, where it's just like, uh... We're, I mean, I mean, again, it's it's metadata. It's a bunch of other different stuff that's there too. So he's a shitty guy. He's on guy. film calling a woman's top off. I don't understand why we need to. There's no slippery slope here. Like whatever this guy gets, he had coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that that's how I kind of feel about it too. See, I think the whole thing with pulling out a girl's breast is totally overrated. Like, okay, he did it, <laughs> but he like he uh. look, he's he's friends with the girl, right? They're friends, so I don't know what their relationship is. Hey, some people like they they're a little more sexual than others. So I don't know their relationship. I don't yeah, know how she's not, handling. Well, if she, Ezekiel Elliott for pulling a girl's boob out at a parade. Yeah, uh, even even that aside, even that aside, the rest yeah. the rest of the stuff is not good. He's a bad guy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'm saying he's a good so guy. So you're just looking at one one little aspect of like, okay, maybe or maybe not. You could you could maybe there's some gray area there, but the other shit, there's no gray area there. Well, no, he probably did it, and like the legal system should do something about it. But when when Roger Goodell is spending all this time and and going into these full-out investigations for over a year on something the charges weren't pressed on, I I just don't see the point. I don't see how it benefits the league long-term because you make because nothing but Because they have a domestic fuss. violence problem, Vince. They want to fucking make sure that none of these guys are in here like well, constantly, well, you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. No, just to kind of speak to Vince's point and something I saw on Twitter a lot that actually, I mean, not, and this isn't an offense of Zeke in the slightest, but like, this is more an indictment of the league. How is what Zeke did six times worse than what Josh Brown did? Like no, that it's not. The, up, the, that no, that I agree question. with. I have no idea and, why and we like, play this game. By and the way, no, no, and no. It has nothing to do with the the players themselves. It just has to do with the fact that the 
the NFL opens themselves up to scrutiny when they have an inconsistent and very obviously emotional process that has entirely to do with the status of the player rather than the actual action. My, I mean, like, and I think I've never uh, seen yeah. a consistent process in my life. Yeah, exactly. That's can that's. You name a, can you name one <laughs> consistent process? It certainly the, isn't the, the justice, justice system. system. We talk about it yeah. all the time. The legal justice the system doesn't even do that. that all the time. There's no such thing as a consistent process. I'm not sure why we should be like Roger Goodell has to be the most fair man ever to walk God's green earth or he but we can hold those, we hold right those things to we, we hold those things to scrutiny as well it's it, I mean it, yeah, it's, okay. it's ridiculous to say they shouldn't they shouldn't be consistent because they absolutely should because it's like you know what I like I just like, don't think we can I just think that if, if all we can harp about is the consistency of it I'm not sure what the point is and I'm, I, and I'm on Matt's side on there too like are we really who gives you shit they yeah. did it. You know, that's what I'm Josh saying. Josh Brown should be suspended five more games. Yes, he should. He, he absolutely should have At been. At least. Yeah, I agree but, with that. But it doesn't it, – it and somehow that's in defense of what – you know, I know you you weren't saying it was Ben, but I feel like there are a lot of people who go, "Well, look at this and look at this. It's obviously an unfair league." So uh, Ezekiel should only get yeah, three games instead. Like I, I don't understand that. You know, like so so make it make it less Vince. I don't I don't. What do you what do you want out of that? Well, I think it's up to the legal system to handle the job. Like I don't but I don't think that's not you what be... the NFL mandates in its fucking bylaws. And that's the well, problem. The, the or any employee the legal, system, that's... the legal system has no idea how to handle domestic abuse cases. <laughs> and that's true no too. No idea, no and idea that's how true to handle too. that. And like Josh Brown should be in prison for the rest of his fucking life if they need Yeah, how but to... the, and they're they're hamstrung and... by the realities and the NFL isn't, so the NFL goes to town. And I kind of think that's probably one of the things they've gotten more right. I'm certainly not I'm not turned off by the whole like, oh, everybody's always punished all the time. I'm like, dude, a lot of these guys need to be punished all the time. No, I, I definitely agree with that, Matt. I think that, like, you know, as 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 libertarian as like a social as socially libertarian as I like to be, sometimes oh my God, I think it's had important. For... Got to throw that in yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> fucking yeah. Benetton. Um, you know, I think it's important for employers to you know to discipline their employees for impropriety. Because the legal system has no fucking clue how to deal with things like domestic violence. And, and like, you know, I think that I, you know, I think that like guys should be suspended for entire seasons, like stuff like that. And I think there needs to be like a rehabilitation program that the league has, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I think that the, the, the act of inconsistency hurts the league. Like, it has nothing yeah, to do I with like, what I think is worse. I'm saying it hurts the league. And when, you know, Zeke Elliott goes to appeals and say, this guy had a journal on how he beat his wife yeah. and he got one game, a one game suspension. Yes. You just blow the whole thing. Like any, any decent lawyer can go into an appeal and blow the whole thing wide open. And that's the league's fault. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. I think it's fine that they want to take, you know, take care of these situations by themselves. They want to take the law into their own hands in these cases. I think that's totally fine, but they actually have to have some method to it. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's the same with saying like the difference between murder three and murder two, right? These things actually have definitions. So you can't just say this guy got murder three and it's the same thing. And yada, yada, yada. There are like there's some other third thing. I I want to know how did Zeke Elliott have all the time? How did he have all the time to get into this much, just the pure volume of shit he's found himself in? Yeah, in a year. It seems like every every day he's doing things. You know what I've done since the last time he's got in trouble? I like went to the grocery store once. <laughs> I just don't have any idea how this guy, like, isn't he busy? <clears throat> Isn't yeah, he like working know. out and not. cutting the bottoms off of all of his shirts and like <laughs> do, jumping into buckets and whatever else eating? I think he likes to do yeah. that. 
like all this stuff. How does how does he find the time to be like, oh yeah, today I got a have a packed day. I got to fight a DJ, and then I'm expected across town. I got to fight another DJ 45 minutes later. I don't know who thought of that. And I just don't understand how this guy could be such a piece of crap. He's so young. He's got so much going on. There's so much going on in his life, and he's already just this just colossal shithead. And I think that yeah. I think you're right. Maybe maybe some time off will be good for him. I don't give a shit. I just want to see this guy fry. Like this is what a, what an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I, I and look, there, that's going to be debated for a very long time throughout this throughout this entire process. And uh, I, I just you know, all all that stuff aside, uh, the football field stuff alone, uh, I think it's going to be hilarious to once again see that uh, that Morris and McFadden and all the guys that are in the backfield are still going to run a thousand yards behind that line, and people are already convincing him of that. Uh, I think it has. Major implications football-wise for Dallas with Dak Prescott, with that line, with the offense, with the depleted defense that they have on there. Um, but every time we kind of feel that way and we always assume that Dallas is going to be a dumpster fire, they're, they're not for some reason. So I'm kind of uh, still a little reserved uh, on that. But, um, you know, it'll be uh, – I, I think it'll be an interesting uh, – to see what kind of develops there. Uh, football record rise. Uh, look, we'll have a, a lot more of this discussion on uh, WIP – Tomorrow, uh, from four to six, I believe we are on, or one to three. I can't remember off the top of my head for some reason right now. Uh, but we will be there uh, discussing all these different things as we're going on. Vince Quinn, I'll give you uh, the first dibs at the final thoughts here, pal. Ooh, final thoughts. Um, I love Roseman. I love Roseman. <laughs> yeah, it's that it simple. He he's gets back. a lot of crap. I yeah. love the guy. I think he's been great these past two years. Yeah. Uh, your uh, final thoughts uh, to you there, Ben. Yeah, I'm really happy about this trade. I, I think that I think that Ronald Darby. I'm going to get a jersey. You going to get a, a, Dar, a Darby jersey? I'm, I'm going to buy a white shirt and then draw his number on it and then write his name on the back and wear it very emphatically. Yeah, <laughs> that'll get you sued. <laughs> oh God, they're going to delete my Twitter account. Yeah, it is. Yes, they are. Yes, they indeed. <laughs> uh, Matt, Daring, your final thoughts, El Captain? Yeah, Pano. I don't know. That's a good one. I like that. Howie's aggressive, man. I think yeah. that. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, I think Howie and the city really uh, they really uh, match up well because I think that a lot of people and you've seen it. People are just like, do something yeah. and like Howie, man, <laughs> he does something. Yeah. And I and usually, you know what? I think this is pretty good. This is like a good move. He's tinkering like whatever. Here's a guy who's not going to be here. Like, let's just say goodbye to him. And uh, they God damn it. They did something. Yeah, they did. And look like this is uh, this is something that had been ongoing for a very long time. I know that there's going to be. Uh, uh, it's probably still a ton of debate of like, well, oh, you you can't let go of Jordan Matthews, and there was a lot of a lot of stats, a lot of stats were thrown out there uh, today. I I, th I think I saw a couple of takes on Darby being like just an average guy, just an okay guy, uh, and then of course it went into like, well, what are the criticisms against them? And it, and it ended up being just some guy saying, oh, well, it's just uh, from what I've heard around the league and players, and I, I literally haven't seen him. So I, I think there is a lot of upside with having a young up and coming corner who is 23 years old. Who, yes, there are still – I mean, he's not perfect, but what he does and what he brings to this Eagles defense is immediate, immediate upgrade in the corner position. We, we've we been saying it all offseason, and we've been saying it since camp and since things have been rolling out that the, the Eagles cannot go into the season with what they have in the secondary. They just can't. Whether it's Jalen Mills and, and, and Patrick Robinson on the outside or Razul Douglas and any kind of combination, they needed somebody that uh, you know needed to be a starter. We thought about Kendrick. We thought about Jordan Matthews. We looked at the situations that were happening here, and honestly, I don't think they're done yet. I think that now this kind of opens up to like, all right, maybe as the next few weeks roll out, 
and you still see Kyle Full over there, and you still see that there's Michael Kendricks, and when Michael Kendricks comes out and says, yeah, I asked to be traded in January, openly and publicly, in the locker room, unprompted, uh, then I think that that's probably still going to happen at some point. And, hey, if you can have Darby and Kyle Fuller in here, along with Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas, to kind of shore that up, uh, moving through uh, the into next season, that's what the Eagles need to continue to do here. And uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun to find out if uh, you know if he really works in uh, in an Eagles uniform. So I'm very excited to see what happens. That's going to do it for BGN Radio Daily. Thank you for everybody watching on Facebook and for those listening at home on the replay on Bleeding Green Nation and BGNRadio.com. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>